The world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to have my soul sister, Allison Atlantis, on today. She just opened a crystal shop and she had made a video about the frequency of crystals. And I am really interested in frequency. Um, I do like my crystals, but she's way into them. So I said, let's do a podcast and talk about it. And of course, we went on all kinds of tangents, uh, including like, how the pyramids were built or when and um it's really funny because i've been noticing that the story of human creation um our creation story um ancient megalithic sites things like that have been on a lot of people's radars so i don't know if you ever notice when something keeps coming up with different friends like the same subject that means it's in the collective consciousness, which I feel like could be a sign that we're starting to remember things. And I just find that really exciting. Um, for me personally, I've been remembering a lot of things and having a lot of things click into place. And I've been having a lot of different um, books being sort of sent my way <laughs> um, that are just helping all of those kind of stories click into place for me. So um, that being said, my next presentation for the Mystery School is about the cycles of time and the evolution of human consciousness. So I'm going to try to like break down a really, really huge uh, topic into um, sort of a concise presentation. Maybe I'll end up you know, expanding on it later, but I think it's really cool to explore where we came from and where we're at now and where we're going. And I think that when we um, explore that, there's there's certain things that resonate and I think it can help us really ground and be present um, when we realize where we are in all of these cycles of time. So anyway, um, if you're interested in that, you can go to patreon.com slash light always wins. And I have a guest teacher as well, uh, Kashik Beck, who was on the podcast, and she's going to be teaching us about, um, numerology numbers are the language of the universe. So that will be a really fun one too. Um, I'm not sure why, all of these numbers and time and that kind of theme is popping up right now, but I'm here for it. So anyway, without further ado, here's my conversation with Allison. Like stuff comes naturally. Like if it comes to like frequencies and vibrations and like grids, like ethereal things, things in ethers that comes huh? to me. Astrology, mm -hmm. it's like learning Latin. I'm just like, bro, I don't know how far <laughs> we're going to get, but can your Satan <laughs> symbol for your son is a mermaid and oh. and responding excitedly to creative impulses. 
which I love. I feel like that's so you. That's interesting too. Um, Chris did a reading for me on my mermaid guide. Oh yeah. And it was the most potent information. Like me and her want to do a podcast, just reading it because it was, it's all for humanity. Like there's some things that's specific to my path that we would like block out of it. Yeah. But everything else was like everything. I don't remember exactly because it was really powerful. And when you're, when I was reading it, I'm like, holy shit. Like, oh my God, it's so intense. And then, um, my, my guy told Chris I should get aquamarine and I already had one. And I've been like obsessed with light blue color lately. Like, I don't, I don't know why just out of nowhere. And I have all these aquamarines. I got some from my shop and like, so yeah, that's your mermaid tempting, like not tempting, but like guiding you. Yeah. I love that. I love aquamarine. Um, Yeah. And so today we came here to talk about crystals and frequency. You just opened a crystal shop, right? It's been a long time to come in long time coming because my name's Atlantis Rising Crystals but I was just doing like hypnotherapy and stuff. And then I kind of, when I moved into this house, my body broke down and I like, I couldn't do anything. I took off work. I was off work anyway for vacation, but I was so like, I literally thought I was dying. Like my entire body shut down. Um, when we were moving, I was like bedridden and I couldn't help with doing anything. Mm. And I got this crazy sinus infection. I've never had one to this degree where my eye was going crazy. I had to go to the doctor and then random sores. My mouth started opening up and I couldn't eat for two weeks. I literally couldn't eat anything. It took me two and a half days to eat a bowl of oatmeal. And like I was eating nothing. I was on a bunch of medications, which I hate doing because I'm really not into like pharmaceuticals, but like that was beyond what my brain could handle. And for two weeks I was out. And before that I had back-to-back past life regressions I think I had five of them and I was like these are the last five I'm ever doing like I can't and my body's just like that's not for you right now and I honestly feel that like the hypnotherapy special past life regression was something for my journey for my soul to learn and to get through and to heal that way mm-hmm. but to guide other people I just am not it's I will always I'll tell you this I will always go to hypnotherapist I will always get past life regressions but I don't want to guide them anymore I don't, it's just something in me or my body's just like, just no. Wow. Yeah. And I've been wanting to get into crystals. My fiance has been, I'm like an avid collector since forever, but um, he's like, you should have your own. I was like, yeah, but I'll just keep them all and I will make no money because they're all my babies and I treat them like my pets and like, there's no way I could sell them. Like, it's going to be so hard. But like after a while, I'm like, maybe I should, I have so many and like, I really love them and the information comes to me naturally. So maybe, maybe there's like a healing that I could do instead of like hypnotherapy, maybe I can do like crystal healing or something. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that thought came to me, I was getting all these random ads for crystal Academy and like learning to be a crystal healer. I was like, I did not know this was a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I just thought I made it up, but it's a thing. Well, it's interesting. I have a book. My mom was really into crystals and I inherited a bunch of hers. She had like a lot of little smaller crystals and she was actually learning to do Reiki. And so I inherited some of her books and I have one that's about chakras and crystal healing and stuff. And they showed how to use like a pendulum for 
healing. And so I experimented with that um, on my husband. I was like, come in here, let me try this. <laughs> and it was cool because I could tell with the pendulum which chakras were weaker, yeah. which ones were spinning right. And yeah. then I would, you know, like kind of, I like scanned the body and then I like went back over it with the pendulum. I had an amethyst pendulum and um, I just held the pendulum there. I think that's what I did. I just held it there until I got it spinning. Like I wasn't spinning it, but I was like holding it there until it spun you know, in a nice big circle, um, where I felt like things were getting aligned and it's so cool. Cause I really feel like we all have this capability to sort of feel vibration. Yep. And there's, I think there's a lot of different tools and ways of doing that. And that's just one. Yep. Cause it's the natural elements that the magical realm is the natural realm. We just most people just forget or they think it's not real, but it's very real. The yeah. ether is real. I was going to say it's the ether. You know, we think of like four elements, but there's really five. Yes. You have ether too. And um, I think that's sort of, we've talked about this before, but I think that's the future of like healing is understanding yep. our electric mag magnetic field. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is like we science tends to think about and it's changing, but it tends to consider the particle, but not the wave, you know, yeah. and it's like, I kind of, what was they go together? Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like the waves are what are holding all the particles together. Right. Yeah. And, um, I was just thinking about how funny that is because it feels like it completely coincides just with the way that society and religion have been for so long, which have suppressed the unseen, which I feel like yeah. is kind of like that divine feminine, you know, Yeah. but it's cool because it's coming back. And I was just thinking like how you and I are both really interested in frequency. And yeah. um, I've been getting really into researching like ancient megalithic civilizations again. This is something I go through off and on all the time, but um, I'm starting to wonder, and I want to see what you think about this. You know, they try to date these pyramids and temples and the dates keep going further and further back. And it's like, these blocks are like, huge you know and it's like I kind of wonder they, they seem to think that maybe these structures were there before the Egyptians before the Incas the Incans and it's like what if that was Atlantis like what if Atlantis was all over the world not just an island like people say yep it's a civilization and it was because everyone operated off the knowledge of, of frequencies and of the actual natural magic that exists here but it's it's for me it's hard to imagine even though I've seen lifetimes in Atlantis it's hard to imagine it almost feels like another realm mm -hmm. because it's so different so the frequency must have been tuned to something drastically different than now because 
everything was bigger too, like plants and animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so then with that comes the air, the molecules and the ions in the air would be different. So I'm so curious as to what happened from then to now. It's so drastic. Like yeah. even the air that we breathe from the 90s to now, it's so drastically different. Imagine from then and with more air and more breath, then you have higher consciousness and more expansion because mm -hmm. you're operating at a different level. Your entire like body is synthesized at a different frequency. Yeah. And so what you perceive is different. Well, I was reading, my friend just lent me um, this Rudolf Steiner book about um, Egyptian myths. And I was like, oh, I had no idea he did <laughs> lectures on this. And he talks about Atlantis and he says that he has a really interesting uh story of creation which is that like i'll try to make a long story short but he says that the sun and the moon and the earth were one to begin interesting. with interesting yeah and okay. then the sun the, the moon and earth yeah and then the sun split off and then okay. the earth was just the earth and the moon and it was an incredibly dark period and our beings really didn't even breathe yet like we weren't we weren't physical at all we were just like consciousness and then the moon split and then i believe that was like the beginning of lemuria and um so then we started to breathe but still we were just like we weren't physical yet and then at some point that kind of started to um lead into atlantis and I could be mixing this up a little bit. I, he could have said the moon, when the moon was still in the earth, that was Lemuria. I can't remember if it was that or if it was after the moon split off, but um, either way, it was like this story of like the sun and the moon splitting out from the earth. And then like he said, the Atlanteans started to develop bones. And it's, I just think this is interesting because and he said they were like jelly beings, you know, like um, almost like jellyfish and very like aquatic like. I've heard this from Dolores Cannon books. Okay. And I've heard it in a J.R.R. Tolkien book, The Similarian. Okay. And that book is a must read. I gotta, I gotta find it. It goes through like the beginning of time and stuff. And of course, it's not set up as truth, but, you right. know, take what you will with it. Yeah. But um and I've heard before of there was the people before the moon. Like that's a thing. Mm. I have absolutely heard that. There was like a whole civilization of people that existed before the moon did or before the moon split. Like you said, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting to me. And then um I also I've been into researching the yugas, like the the Vedic yugas. And when you look through them, it they say that like, you know, you've got the golden age, the silver age, the bronze age and the iron age. And um, to use like the English terms for it and the golden age, we were like huge, but I'm thinking the like the big might've even just been etheric, you know, but then I even wonder about how like they find these ancient skeleton bones and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder if that could be remnants of the period between Atlantis and between the Egyptian dynasties, 
you know? Yeah. Although you that's a huge gap too, maybe. We don't really Because we don't if- know their life spans. They like to say they're like 30 or 40, but like we don't really know what their life spans were because we're not there. That, and then um, in ancient Sumer and in ancient Babylonian stuff, there's all of these depictions of really big people, then medium people, and then our height people, and then there's people holding lions like little kittens. Like, why would they just make that up when everything else is realistic and is just like what they saw? Right. And in Egypt, in Egypt, there's literally pictures of people sitting in chairs, one this big, one's this like 16, 18 feet, and then we got the 12, and then like our size and stuff. Yeah. And the doorways, if you look at ancient doorways, um, medieval ones and stuff, there's no... I don't know, it'd take like 50 people standing on each other's heads for you to touch the top, if not more. So yeah. like, why would little people build that? <laughs> well, and even in these, at these ancient sites, you see some that are like, you see some statues that are like 60 feet tall. Yeah. And then you see some that are like 20 feet tall. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. And it's like, I wonder if that could, well, first of all, how did they build it? And then also like, yeah, how Would that be depicting an actual size of somebody or the size of their spirit or etheric body? I don't know. It's it's very perplexing, but um, it's hard to envision with what we see in every day because it's yeah. like a different reality that must be. Like that's wild, and there's lots of pictures too. Medieval books, like I, I'm obsessed with medieval times, and I I follow accounts on YouTube. And they have these ancient books that they found that was passed through their families. And there's like little people and huge giants and like 50 little people are trying to take down one large person. But even in the Bible with, uh, what's his face? Uh, David and Goliath. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, I don't know what I feel about the Bible. Not great, but um, at least it's depicted there too. It's, yeah, it's I consistent mean, I think, throughout history. I think the Bible's totally... I think that it's um, underrated in a way, like obviously it's been translated so many times, but I think that there's so much good stuff in it. If you can read through metaphor, you know, like if you can see through metaphor and allegory, I think there's like a lot of really good stuff in there. Um, But yeah, what was that? It's a rough read. I read the whole Bible two or three times. Wow. And it's rough. <laughs> rough to like, I'm like, what are you saying? I have to reread the same thing hella times. And that's just because I just want to know everything. I want to know everyone's perspective so I can make my own. Right. So I'm like, I, I did not grow up Christian at all. Like the Bible is not a thing in our household. So as an adult, I'm like, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> it? I want to yeah. know. I'll never forget, like when I had my crazy awakening, I just started, I just like knew stuff from the Bible for like three days. And uh, it was weird. Like I, I all of a sudden was kind of like in the Bible, like my farm. um, It was really, this is wild, Allison. Like there's all these little things I was realizing, like before we bought the farm, there's a sign that's still here. It was called third day farm. And the third day was when Jesus was resurrected, when he was resurrected. And there's a huge apple tree in the middle of the property. And I'm like on this freaking crazy spiritual high. And I'm like, 
like saying to my husband, you're Adam and I'm Eve and that's the tree <laughs> of knowledge and this is our paradise. <laughs> awesome. But it was weird. I was in such an altered state that I could yeah. see how we're all the, like the Bible and even the story of like Osiris and Isis and Horus, that's all of our stories, yes. you know, like we're all just kind of living the same myth in different ways. So and cool. we're, we're all the characters too. Yes, that makes sense too. And you probably also had a lifetime over then in that time also. <laughs> Maybe so. I hadn't thought about that. And I'm wondering when would that time actually have been? You know what I mean? Like if you're thinking yeah. Adam and Eve, like when would that have been, you know? We can go even more esoteric and like Adam and Eve, who created them? Like, was it, um, what are they called? Anunnaki or something? Like, were mm -hmm. they the ones that made us? they were making clay or something and blue life or some like some kind of the chi the prana into these beings so it's just interesting if you look at the ancient really ancient stuff and like in the bible how many books are missing the book of enoch mm -hmm. and the thing is i i have read that like a thousand times maybe 17 times but like i want to see the original one and what did they translate it from because yeah. even that like it's not like they wrote it in English you know what I'm saying like yeah. it, there's bound to even like the the Bible that was in Greek and Latin and Hebrew and now it's translated and the words are different and not just different from like the 1950s to now the way we speak but imagine that long ago how we spoke then to now yeah things meant different things like one word can mean different things than it does now so mm -hmm. I'm just I'm always intrigued by this kind of stuff anything ancient because that's where the clues are to humanity yeah I I kind of right now I'm sort of running on the theory that we created ourselves like I kind of feel like I sort of like that story of the fall of Lucifer where like he thought he could do better than God. And like, they had created this world and it was so beautiful. And he was like, it's almost like that story of narcissists. Like he's, he's looking down at his creations and he's so enamored with it that he falls into it. And so it's sort of this, and it's demonized, but I feel like it's just like curiosity, you know? And it's like, um, they say curiosity killed the cat, but yeah. <laughs> like they don't think about, you know, they don't say like, well, and then she had another life and then another life. The cat has nine lives. So right. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we fell into this creation and like perhaps we collectively like our consciousness sort of agreed what it was going to look like and what kind of roles different characters were going to play. And we would just develop the soul that way. It's like, imagine you're in this really high realm and you just are like, yeah, that's not it's very hard to imagine. Right. And like, I would imagine at some point, maybe you would get, I mean, my brain's starting to break, even trying to think about all of this, <laughs> like, you know, like 
imagine if you just were, wouldn't you get bored eventually and get curious and then say like, I want to go play and, you know, so, but then it's like, um, it was a great experiment, you know, because it's like, we didn't know, they didn't know what was going to happen, especially when like that source got fragmented into, you know, it's like the one split into two and then the two split into a thousand or whatever. It's like, who knew what would happen when we got fragmented to this point? Now there's like 9 billion people on the earth. But I think that we are all creating all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, um, well, Dolores Cannon, that's a thing too. Like your soul picks its life before it comes down to it picks the people it wants to interact with the lessons you're going to learn the things that you're going to overcome the obstacles it picks your strengths it like all that kind of stuff so it goes with that and that's my belief just because like I don't know it resonates with me that that's that I picked all of this yeah and uh, I could see that happening and plus guiding people in past life regressions and stuff people can see on, on clouds picking out things before they hopped into the box body and there's so much like evidence of little children three or four years old being like oh I was in the clouds and I saw you down there and I thought you'd be a really good mommy and I came down to be with you and like they plan out the whole thing but what point do we go back when do we get whole again when do all those little bits gather back up and stay up there for good because I've been down here forever I'm not trying to come back I think it takes I think it's going to take thousands of years. Like, I think that we are, I think this is an exciting time because I actually think we're beginning the ascent back and it's not going to be an overnight process. Like I remember when I first awakened, I thought some like big catastrophe was going to happen and then everybody was going to wake up. And I actually think that uh, is sort of like the past life trauma from the past catastrophes. And I don't know if it'll actually go that way this time. I feel like it's more of a gradual ascent. I do think a lot of people are leaving the earth plane right now, Mm -hmm. but, um, and I think that that's leaving a lot of people who want to continue this journey and yeah. like want to grow and um and just contribute to that sort of evolution and consciousness you know not saying the people that pass aren't too maybe they are from the other side exactly but, um some people have greater help on the other side yeah that and then what was i going to say i know that there's my soul and, and countless other souls i can't even tell you how many where it is our mission because we were there when Atlantis fell. We're here to watch it rise again. We're here to watch that consciousness be restored and the innocence and the knowledge and the freedom be restored so that we are supreme creators of our reality consciously and subconsciously and like in the whole. And that came to me in 2012. I was a massage therapist and it was like this really huge spa in Southern California. And and I, I think I worked with 150 other massage therapists. Like there's so many of us. And I was like, what is our karma? Like when I was going to the Akashic Records, because I was obsessed with Akashic Records. I was like, what is our karma? There's so many therapists. We're all here to help and to 
heal and to help other people. And that's what came up. They were all there when it fell. And I saw huge waves crashing and all of us just standing there like, oh man. And then the, with the same knowing that we're here to watch it rise back up. Mm. So I, I always find that interesting. I love that. So you do you feel like, do you feel like we'll see that in this lifetime or do you feel like it's a longer process? I don't know. Yeah. But I know that we are doing something that's contributing. That's the only thing that I can say for certain. I can't, honestly, I don't think we're supposed to know. And I, I don't have an intuition. My intuition is really strong, but my intuition doesn't say if it's in this lifetime or if it's like in the year 3000 or like whenever, I just know that whatever we're all doing now is legit um, contributing to it. Yeah. And it's that upward momentum for sure. I agree. You know, I was talking to a friend a couple days ago and I told her how like I've been coming to this realization throughout my days that like I don't have to stick to a certain routine. Like I'm I'm fortunate I like have my own business and stuff and so I do have freedom to like break up my routine, but for years and years and years it's like and also doing min- farm work, which is kind of monotonous and very routine. You're like, okay, I do this in the morning and then I do this at lunch. And then, and lately it's like, I, I just can't work like that anymore. Like I'm starting to feel like I want to follow my heart as to what I truly want to be doing. And so like, I still managed to get my farm work done, But in between, like, I'll be making some sort of like video or maybe I'll go read or write or like paint or something. And I was telling my friend this and she said, I've been feeling the same way. And my other friend was saying the same thing. And she said, do you think it's because we're all a similar age? And I said, no, I think that's the evolution of consciousness right now. And so it just kind of shows you how much we are starting to remember our free will and um, align with our hearts and like harness our creative power. And we can, we just are sensing and we're feeling how it is like, it's not natural when before it's like, well, it's just what you do. It's just what you do. And you just don't think about it. Mm -hmm. But now the consciousness just does not align with that like it just it's like fitting something square in a circle it's just it doesn't make sense anymore with where we're going it's not gonna be sustainable much longer and I see people on TikTok and like I don't go on there often but it's just like regular people regular people tired of having to work 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 for like like what I'm doing in accounting (laughs) and not have any joy for anything in life yeah and it's just not it's getting to a point, especially because, because so many people are working from home now, that was a pivotal, I don't know what forces were in play there, but once all this stuff started happening within the last two years and people start working from home, people are like, I don't want to work and do this stuff at all. I'd rather be creative. Yeah. I want to be outside more because now they, you know, I can stop working at any point I want. I can go walk my dog for 20 minutes and I come back to work. Nobody knows the difference. And like, I just yeah. got some outside time when before at work, like, what are you doing? You can't leave your cubicle. Like it's the freedom and that taste of freedom is showing us how much freedom we have not had. 
the lack of it this whole time. Yeah. And now you can go back and see and be like, oh man, that was not good. I don't want to do that again. I like the freedom. This is natural. The other thing that's amazing about it is that when you, even from the perspective of like, say a CEO of a big company, the more you allow people to work and flow, it's like actually the more productive they are. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this, um, I think it, the hugest shadow for humanity for thousands of years has been control. And I think that like, it was all about control, control, you know, keep everything structured and in this box and in this cubicle or whatever. And now it's like the divine feminine has returned and it's like, actually we could flow. flow. (laughs) Flow. There's no more boxes and father time and Mr. Kronos like it's not that's not what's gonna hold the structure anymore everything's gonna ebb and flow and I don't know I I think it is gonna be positive I hope it's in this lifetime I would love to see that but I feel like two lifetimes from now for sure it's gonna be like my soul will come back I say like oh I don't want to come back here but I will but (laughs) maybe I'll just take a long break and be a spirit guide for a few lifetimes and then come back but um this will be my last lifetime for a long time at least I wonder if the next ones will be able to remember. <laughs> that would be nice, right? That would be nice. If you could come back. Do you think they remembered before? Do you think in like ancient Egypt or like, because like in Atlantis, people probably could have lived thousands of years. Like the, the lifespan is different when you're breathing different air and when the consciousness is different. So do yeah. you think back yeah. then people had like that consciousness, that memory, maybe certain people or something? I think possibly because of the Egyptians practices I'm thinking to Egypt even uh, their practices of mummifying the bodies because it that was like wasn't that like a placeholder um for the soul and then yeah I don't know I feel like there was something to that about either the soul incarnating into the next person who would be king or pharaoh and then like but I don't know what that would have to do with mummifying but I feel like there was something to that like something about succession of kings because with the buddhas and that's still like kept allegedly like that each buddha just is reincarnated the same soul constantly reincarnating so mm-hmm. I would not be surprised that it would be like that there too. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was like that before, or maybe certain like groups of people knew that kind of stuff. Cause then I'm trying to think back to like Viking times and stuff. I don't think they were, I think they were just living in the trenches, just trying to survive. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah and maybe- I think about the, um, the ceremony of the weighing of the heart. And I yeah. kind of wonder if, if you don't pass the ceremony and you get eaten by that like hippo lion crocodile, you know, character, <laughs> um, that's when you just get reincarnated and forget. And I wonder that if you pass, if you could actually remember, or maybe I think like, I love this. We're just like talking about all things theoretical. <laughs> I don't get to talk about that and that's what I that's the stuff I love to talk about yeah me too but um so what I wonder is like 
if you pass, then you have this chance to either reincarnate as like uh, just consciously or whatever, or you get the chance to like ascend or whatever. But like, so isn't an ascended master? You're not really an ascended master till you ascend, right? Like, right. no. So nobody was called an ascended master, like, like before they came to Earth. But um, they didn't die; they just dematerialized and materialized in a higher plane. Mm. They vibrated. It's they vibrated themselves out of the reality. But then, isn't there something called? Isn't it pronounced samsara? or something like that, where you get off of the wheel of reincarnation. Like that, that is that, I don't know if that's in Hindu or what, but that, that is a goal mm -hmm. of some group of people to get off of the karmic wheel, to not have to come back and reincarnate anymore. Yeah. Things yeah. Sam, sorry. But yeah, I wonder if, um, if it's always been, you know, I wonder what our spiritual goals have been in the past, yeah. like, because with Egypt, I feel like there was something to wanting the rulers to be like, to have spiritual authority. It seemed like that was a priority for them. Like, um, to have their rulers be like spiritually and divinely guided, um, and then I think that eventually turned into like, you know, religion, but, um, I would agree because there was one, I've had several times in Egypt, but there was one when I was like in, I guess it'd be called mystery school. I don't know what it, I don't feel like that's what it was called then. Yeah. I feel like if you were like a soldier, if you were like the King's men or something like, that's just your path. You don't, that's just what you are. Mm -hmm. And it was me and my brother in this lifetime and we were all initiates and we all had shaved heads, nice dark skin and like the white linen. Mm -hmm. And we were all in this grandiose grand chamber. And it was, uh, it felt like a pyramid shape because all the way up on the roof was like uh, beams going all the way up mm -hmm. and it would resonate sound. I don't know what the beams were made of. I don't think it was wood. I'm not sure what it was. But then a frequency would be played in there and it would like resonate the entire space. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose, that was our training for levitation. Mm -hmm. And what you would have to do is you'd close your eyes and you had to match or tune into the frequency that was like super resonating. Like you could, it's like you're sitting inside of a large singing bowl. Yeah. And it would resonate so high that you would start levitating. Wow. But if you broke your concentration, you would fall. Cause like, my brother, who was just like my friend in that lifetime, we were elbowing each other, trying to make each other fall. Like <laughs> one was levitating up higher than the other. So we're just like, drop, drop, drop. But um, <laughs> so that's that's a remembrance I have. And it was like brownish, like sandstone color inside and mm -hmm. very like crisp and cool. Mm -hmm. But it was such a loud, it wasn't loud. It's just resonance. You didn't hear anything. You just, you felt it and you yeah. would have to tune in and then you start to like your body just lifts off the ground that's amazing because um I was I was just watching something the other night where they showed a chamber like that with the it was like um 
it had these graduated like grooves oh. inside oh. and they talked about that about the they thought it was used for sound and resonance and I don't know if I've ever told you about my uh experience where one day I was just like meditating after yoga and I was like all of a sudden in a pyramid and um these tones started playing. It was like, I was on a stone table and these tones started coming in. And then I started like singing with them and it was healing my body. It was like, I was being taught or remembering sound healing yes. from um, that time. So I think there was like a lot of ways they were using sound and frequency. Oh, yes. Um, they definitely had more of an understanding of that. And if you think about that, this just popped into my head, like how much that must be why they were so much more technologically advanced or creative because they say, you know, and then there was the word. And mm -hmm. it's like, that shows you like how powerful sound is because like yes. the word is what created, you know? Yes. And even our thoughts, like maybe I even think maybe in Atlantis, maybe we were just telepathic. Like we may not have even talked yet. Yeah. I could see that. I know in Atlantis, the, the most vivid memory I have was my huge tank. Um, I'm sure I've told you before, but it was this huge tank of seahorses. And when they would open up their mouth, this light would come out and you would hear like angelic music and they'd close their mouths and they'd get quiet but then they open it and you would hear it again. And it's like, I had, I was, I love them so much. And um, I knew that would be the last time that they would exist on earth or in this plane. So it's just, it's very interesting. Um, can you imagine seeing an animal and it opens its mouth and angelic music comes out? Like no. that's the world they were living in. Although like, I will say there's a bird that I love. I think it's called the hermit thrush. And when it sings in the woods, for whatever reason, it always like echoes. And it's like a very intricate call. I mean, I can't, I can't imitate it myself because it's so intricate, but like, I, to me, that almost sounds angelic. Like, I think that's the closest thing we have to that idea. You know what I mean? I want to look that. I want to look into that. That's really cool. Yeah. Of Atlantis. Yeah. But that's, that's amazing. So what can you tell us about like the frequency of crystals? Okay. So, and it comes to me more recently because maybe I'm just like gearing up towards it, mm -hmm. but like I could either hear or feel like, um, I have a bunch of citrines and when I look at them or I look at one and I zone in, I can hear like a bing, like a, uh, like a really high pitch, like frequency it puts off. And I don't, I don't know how to explain that. I don't even know what to say about it. I just, I'm not even trying. Yeah. And um, I will say this too. They do breathe and they have their own like consciousness and every crystal has its own frequency that it emits. Mm -hmm. And when you tune into it, it like plugs into the bioelectric field in the human and it helps give men. Each one is tuned to its own frequency. And a lot of them, especially quartz crystals, 
were planted a long time ago by oh, no. different civilizations. Hold on. And like they use quartz and all electronics. Oh. You froze for a minute. Oh, sorry, oh. My, my internet's getting crazy. Of course, when you get to this good stuff. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> Hold on just a second. Okay. So you were, you started talking about quartz crystals when you broke up. Okay. The quartz crystals were planted in the earth, all over the earth by ancient civilizations way long, long, long time ago. And they weren't going to, I don't know if they, they materialized until the right time or if they were materializing, but the, they weren't activated or soon active. Like, I don't feel they're fully activated, but they're more activated than they were were before and um it's crazy too because like what were people doing medieval times people over there mining for like quartz let's see for like rubies and uh emeralds and sapphires and stuff but like i don't know if people care about quartz and celestite and stuff but anyhow i think it's because we're in that and in that age where the knowledge information is coming through those and like i've had people who i regressed and they were in Lemuria and they were seeding the water and the dolphins and the animals and they were putting codes and information in the water for at the right time for it to like bless humanity with 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 that knowledge and with information my palms are burning right now um <laughs> they're like on fire um and I don't know why it is with stones and crystals with me I have no idea I've always liked them mm -hmm. but like since I moved last year, it like super elevated because we have so many mountains and stuff here. But um, one time I saw them breathing and I had them in my bathroom. I had like a rose quartz and a rose quartz, amethyst and a clear quartz. And they're kind of close together. And I was, I was on shrooms. Let me just say it. I was on <laughs> shrooms and I saw them breathing uh -huh. and like I saw them breathe in and breathe out. And breathe and for like 35 minutes I just stood there in the bathroom forgot I had to go to the bathroom and I'm just watching them breathe and then I moved them further apart so like they were interfering because they were so close and then they start expanding even more and like giving off a brighter like aura to them mm -hmm. and ever since then I don't know it activated something in me because now I can hold them and I either feel them pulsate Mm -hmm. or information floods my subconscious mind or I hear some kind of like frequency or an ear ringing or like a bing like something yeah. like that I hear it or I hear some some kind of I don't and then I get the feeling of what it helps with and then I look it up and I'm like I can't make this shit up dude like it's just we're in the right time we're at the right place the right time and the information just flowing and for each person it's coming through different tools and through different avenues. And that's where it's not an expert by any means. I, every day I learn every day, I look into a different one and like gems is a whole nother, like precious gems and gems are like a whole nother reality from like polished, like crystals and things. It's the whole, there's so much to it. Qualities and minds and this, I will never be an expert. I'll tell you, it's just, there's so much to learn. But well, um, it's funny because you're making so many things fire off in my brain right now. <laughs> like, I don't even feel like it's me talking. I feel like some, like I'm just, you're channeling. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's not me. <laughs>
Um, but first, what I thought of when you said that the Lemurians were seeding the water, you know, a lot of times that's how crystals are formed, right? From like water and silica underground. So it makes sense to me that they would hold that information because water holds memory. Oh, wow. And then also when you talked about seeing the crystals breathing when you were on mushrooms, I saw like the mycelial networks going underground and going around the crystals and like translating that information to you through that experience, because like they would be connected. I mean, it's all of these things are just elemental, right? But all the elements have consciousness. So it makes sense. Like everything you're saying makes sense to me. (laughs) They have consciousness and they're friends. They work together. Yeah. Yeah. And we've just forgotten how to, we've just lost our connection with it all over time with, um, you know, just the distraction from earth and like our basic needs and going into like, you know, extreme materialism and, and consumerism and just like not being outside so much and everything. But I had a similar experience. It wasn't crystals, but it was sunflowers Oh wow! Um, where I actually, my husband and I did acid one time and the next morning I thought I was totally back to normal, but we were walking down the street to get breakfast. And there was like this tiny little like garden with these huge sunflowers. And when I looked at the sunflowers, they were breathing at me and I was like, Whoa, that was so cool. So I think like the, the psychedelics kind of elevate, I mean, acid's a different thing. Like I wouldn't, it's not as natural as, as mushrooms, but, um, the psychedelics definitely tune us into, the unseen and into frequency, I would say, because I remember when I did mushrooms before I was sitting out in nature and I was hearing birds. And as I was hearing the birds, like, I mean, I was, I was tripping to the point where I wasn't even like seeing the people around me anymore. All I was seeing was like geometric patterns. It was almost like I was watching a kaleidoscope And it was interacting with the sounds that were happening around me. So the sounds were creating the different geometric patterns and colors. And it was pretty wild. But also what was wild about that is when we started to come down off of the mushrooms, we were in this cemetery and it was actually like a cemetery with a ton of art installations And so like, we got to this point where we could like walk around and I'm seeing like all these statues. And then like, we come up to this bench and I had a stick in my hand and the bench was a marimba and I started playing it with the stick. And I was like, this is hilarious. And I'm thinking I'm just tripping. Right. But as we start to come down, I'm like looking down the hill and there's this like castle entryway and there's cars driving through it. And I'm just like, where are we? And then like, I, I start to come to my senses and I'm like, oh, all of this is here. I'm not just tripping. And it was this really cool moment because it sort of was this reminder of like, life is magical. Like, you know, it's like, this was just like a really funny 
kind of setting to be in, but I had never been there. So I didn't know all this stuff was there. And I just thought I was like out of my mind, but it was the combination of just like lightly still sort of tripping. And then this place actually happened to be really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There are reminders that magic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like magic is real. Maybe I don't have a wand and I'm not Harry Potter, but like there's real magic to be had in an everyday life. Yeah. And you can, you can tap into it. I actually had a question for you. So how long are the yugas? Are they all 26,000 years? No. So the golden ages are long, like the higher the age, if you will, the longer. And so the Kali yuga is the shortest. And And it makes sense to me because that's what we're coming out of. According to this is a, you know, theoretically, like if you, if the yugas are like a thing, you know, um, I think the Kali yuga is like 1200 years, possibly I can look really quick, but, um, there were two different versions of the yugas. So there's a really long scale one, which was the original. And in that one, we went through a 432,000 year Kali Yuga, I believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dumb. That's too long. And at the end of that, then some catastrophe would happen and we would just be launched into the golden age and start over. But then later, this other guy channeled a new version and this newer version makes much more sense to me and the time that we're living in, because instead of it going from Kali to golden, it goes Kali or iron, then gradually back to golden. It goes iron, bronze, silver, gold. And to me, just based on the cycles of nature and based on the cycles of our breath, you know, inhale, exhale on the cycles of waves, to me, like in the Taurus field, to me, it makes more sense. It seems more natural that it would go, you know, like light and then dark and then light and then dark, but not just like, you know, this abrupt cutoff. And who knows, maybe collectively we're changing it. Maybe we, nah, maybe so. we all agreed that it wasn't going to happen that way anymore. I think so. There's a book I want to read. I ha- I really like Barbara Han Clow. She's um super into like Pleiadians and she's an insane researcher. She's really into astrology, but she's a she's a really good author and she has a book called Catastrophobia. Mm-hmm. And it's about how a lot of us who lived through the cataclysms have like have trauma from it and we oh, always yeah. think something that's like that's gonna happen again and so um I don't know <laughs> I just <laughs> that's you <laughs> I was like that for a while like I thought I fell into this whole like solar flash narrative for yeah. a while and I think that's happened before I think like there's evidence on these ancient temples that they were like um insanely scorched you know and they're like what what could have caused this and they think maybe it was like solar flares i would not be surprised yeah i don't know though but one time when i was in the twilight in the twilight state like between a 
awakening and still kind of sleep, something whispered in my ear and it said Kali Yuga. And this was before I knew what that was. Uh-huh. How long ago? And I looked into it. I'm like, oh, is that what we're in? Like, who whispered this to me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is... And I didn't even know how to spell it or nothing. Like, I don't know. It just came to me. Yeah. So I was curious how long they are. I, I thought it was like 12,000 years. If if that's the case, what was that? Ancient Egypt? Like, the end of Egypt? Like, the real timeline? Because I'm pretty sure those timelines are way off. Yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think our time is right. Let me look at this really quick. So it really is, but there's so many theories out there. Yeah. So the Kali Yuga would be from 100, it would be 2,400 years long. So 2,400. Yeah. So um, Egypt could have been like the Bronze Age. Or the Silver Age, who knows? I mean, we do know at least, you know who, you know what civilization intrigues me is the Mayans because I actually, I can't say that I'm an expert on all of these different ancient civilizations or anything, but I'm very, I gravitate towards them for a few reasons. I mean, one, I think that I've had Mayan past lives, but also- their history goes back to not that long ago. And there are still Mayan people who can probably tell you a lot. Um, And so I feel like they were sort of carrying a lot of this ancient knowledge through. Um, Granted, they did, you know, change a lot. Like they started doing human sacrifice and that kind of thing. Um, But I feel like there's certain myths that get passed down, you know, like, like there's the myth of Kukulkan, which is sort of like the myth of Osiris or the myth of Jesus. Like it's all these very similar kind of stories. Um, And I really feel like the story is just the archetype of man and what he could be capable of. It's like almost a way for us to keep the memory of like what we used to be yeah I can see that I don't know much about minds at all I haven't really I don't haven't gravitated towards it I'm very intrigued and if it was presented I'd watch it but um I don't know for me it's mostly like Roman times I think I have unfinished business so I'm just like obsessed with Roman times and obsessed with Atlantis and Egypt but I think it's because I had really prominent lifetimes then. Mm. But um, I know I had a, I was an Inca uh, shaman at some point. And it was right before I, before I took a shamanic course. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in meditation. It popped up in my third eye and kind of just showed me a lifetime or like blips of it, little clips. And it was he was my grandfather in that lifetime. He was a shaman and he was training me. And he had, I don't know if he died like during hunting or something happened. She ate me. And then so in this current lifetime, he's my spirit guide. And he said he has been waiting for me to take that course because that was going to initiate me. And this was last year I took it. And I've never heard of him before. He never came to me. He was not in my awareness. I was not aware of me into shamanism 
And that was like kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, Mayan. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any lifetimes myself in like the Mayan um, civilization, but it's interesting, especially um, the day out of time on Monday. Yeah. I can't believe you told me. You told me that, didn't you? Was yeah. that you? Yeah. It was like. I woke up and I'm like, I'm not going to work today. I'm just, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just not. <laughs> I just, everything in my body was like, you're calling out today. And I just called out. I'm like, it's just not going to happen. And the whole day felt weird. It didn't feel, I was off my regular routine, off my regular schedule. I was going with the flow, like nobody's business. I didn't even know what was going on. I was in like dimensions and realms. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't here. And then you told me it's the day out of time or a day out of space, no day out of time. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. And my body just instinctively was like, you're not going to be in time and space today, I guess. That's so I, wild. I had it. You just reminded me of something that happened to me yesterday. And that wasn't the day out of time. It was a few days later, but I was in meditation and I closed my eyes and I saw like several lifetime, like one moment of several lifetimes, like at once. And I was wow. like, whoa, what the heck was that? And I just sort of, I'm starting to feel like, I mean, I know I've talked to Deborah about this, just how we're gaining more and more access to like our multi-dimensional selves like yep. we're gaining more and more awareness of that and it's it's becoming easier to access and i think that like a lot of these memories that we're having are isn't it interesting to think that we would be sort of ascending back up in consciousness and that we would be like remembering a lot of these things from times where we probably were at a higher yeah. state of consciousness or I don't even want to say higher but more expanded yeah you know? um but I wanted to ask you too like do you know anything about granite I know granite has a lot of quartz in it I don't know any specific stuff where I feel comfortable speaking on it so I'm gonna okay. go ahead and say no yeah but now I'm gonna look into it well but now I'm, I'm getting really interested in like the the stones that these um places are made out of like granite basalt oh, yeah. uh they i heard conductor them, yeah water water and wind and it somehow conducts electromagnetic energy and um i think with gold and copper too like all yeah. of those together work with the ether because the ether is the space between everything, right? It's yeah. the space between space uh, between ions. So it's the gathering of the eth etheric energy and that they are repurposing it for, I don't know, energy or something, consciousness. Well, I mean, I even think like, it's funny to think about this concept of free energy, right? Because aren't we free energy? Like, <laughs> I mean, how else do we get up and walk around? You know, it's like, it's kind of funny that this is a mystery. <laughs> it's because, really not though. It's just, yeah. The gate been suppressed. Yeah. It's many people in our day and age have figured it out. 
Yeah. Many, not just Tesla. Many yeah. have. Yeah. And it, yeah. it will come back. And that's one of the things that Loris Cannons, that in the ends of the, in, in the times of the awakening and the ending of like this whole cycle in the society that was under the control, that people are going to start remembering things that has been hidden. All this stuff that people just didn't think about, we're not privy to because our consciousness just wasn't at that level to even perceive that type of information to be able to immaculate in, in their mind. Yeah. Um, in the end times, yeah. or not the end times, but the times before like the shift that all that knowledge starts coming back and people just start remembering in their cells and their bodies and the information just comes. Yeah. All the stuff that's like in the Vatican, yeah. deep underground, people will just instinctively remember. Yeah. And that time, clearly it's, we're remembering from 2008 yeah. to now, when I first started on my journey to now, there's so many people on this journey when before, mm-hmm. like before you go to a grocery store, you wouldn't hear things like that. People say random things to me at grocery stores. So I'm like, hello. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here. We're doing it, I guess. Cause this was not a thing before. I was just like hanging out with some friends who are they're, they're new friends here yeah. where I live and they're open-minded, but I don't know them well enough to know how open-minded they yeah. are. But I ended up telling them like one of my wildest story, like one of my wildest experiences with like light beings and stuff the other day. And they were like, cool. Oh, wow. Like, Whoa. They don't think I'm a freak. <laughs> so things are definitely changing. <laughs> that and like, I'm not in like a mental hospital. Like this is like yeah, the thing. Like yeah. that's a big fear. I, I don't know. I must have at some time been put in one or something because that has always been a big fear of mine. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think like with this Leo new moon, what's been kind of coming through for me is like um a freeing of like that expression, like uh like releasing the fear around expressing yourself just like as you are as a whatever you want to refer to yourself as as like a light worker star seed I want I like to call myself now I like to call myself a rememberer (laughs) that's my new thing um but just like I think that we're getting to a point now where you know there, I think there's several veils, but a major veil is gone now. And it's like, um, it's just every soul's choice, whether they want to look or not, you know? And it's more people seeing beyond the veil too. And the more people see, the more the consciousness expands, because that's what it is. Like the way I see consciousness is I see as little bubbles, little, little clumps people that are into politics, they're in their own thing, people into spirituality, people into love and light, people into shadow, like there's different consciousness groups. And the more that people from like the matrix and the everyday, you know, the grinding, like how that was a thing in 2012, grind, 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 like people unplugging from that, unplugging into these other ones, then those consciousness fields start growing. Yeah. And the more people that unplug from that big, massive one that all of us are plugged into, and now we're all being able to expand the other consciousness group all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Everything's I interesting. Agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think that what's so cool with this concept of ether is that 
every person that remembers or starts to, yeah, like say you start to remember things, you're carrying that in your etheric field. And then that etheric field touches another person's etheric yeah. field. And this is how that like hundredth monkey thing starts yeah. to happen. It's like our, it's in the ether. Like it's, we start transferring it. And I think that. That's why it can't be stopped. It's in the ether. It's in the water. There's yeah. no stopping it. You cannot stop it. I love that you said it is the water. Yeah. I was just thinking like, you know, I just for a second was like, where, where is all this information coming from? In the dirt with the crystals, with the plants. And I think it's coming from the sun too. Oh yeah. Yeah. All atmospheres are working together because what is that? It's Gaia. And Gaia is like, I'm ready. Like I'm ready to reincarnate. Like, I don't have to tell y'all. You can come with me. Like I'm going to reincarnate. It's my time. And so we're all either, I mean, and I don't know how it's out, but it is, the earth is ascending too, because the earth wants to go into its next incarnation. And to do that, you got to end and close a cycle and have more consciousness and expand. And like, that's the thing too, like with birth and death, a portal opens up. Mm -hmm. So if the earth is about to go through a portal, all of consciousness has to expand so that we can go with it and survive mm -hmm. so we can handle that frequency right yeah. yep yeah otherwise we're just gonna like explode or something like we have to gradually absorb higher frequencies until we expand and expand to when the earth is ready to make its big final shift because it's like kind of like slowly doing it once it fully separates we have to be able to withstand those frequencies and I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea what that's going to be. I just know that that is the trajectory that earth is ready for its next incarnation. Yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I don't think. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You made me think about these Anunnaki characters again and how like whenever a civilization advances really quickly supposedly in the past, there were beings that came down and helped that civilization. And I just kind of had this thought like, well, it's kind of interesting in this time of awakening. I mean, I don't know if beings will come down at some point, but it almost seems like they decided to incarnate almost. You know what I mean? Like, it almost seems like there's these like souls that were like, I'm going to incarnate and then I'm going to gradually like as this veil thins, I'll remember more and more and yeah. more. And then people, I don't know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like egotistical, but people like you and me who are starting to remember things from Atlantis and there's lots of people like us. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, um, maybe we are those souls, you know? I do think that, and I don't think they're just going to come to earth and shifts and stuff. I don't think that's, I think because so many have, have incarnated on earth that we have help beyond the veil and they are helping our consciousness and download information on their end because we're technically their family and we chose to come here. And so like those, those agreements are in place. Mm -hmm. So it's not that way. It doesn't violate any laws mm -hmm. and you don't know who's who you don't know who's a star seed. Mm -hmm. you know my fiance he's a 
he was never incarnated on earth. This is his first incarnation. He had to decompress his soul through many portals to be able to come here. When he came here, he was almost blind. Like he's been wearing glasses since he was six months old. And wow. like his frequency is just too high and zap that little baby, but like, he's all right. <laughs> but like, if he's here, how many other beings like that are here? That's yeah. one. There's got to be hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm not even going to say where he's from because it's going to be hard to believe for people. But um, <laughs> we're we out here. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, I do accounting. Who would think in accounting? I'm over here at night fucking trying to channel stuff from ancient Egypt and Atlantis. And then during the day, I'm like plugging numbers away for an insurance company. You don't, you don't, you never know, but we're, we're all, all out here. We're so. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And it's like, um, it's interesting if you think about how many people are on the earth and how you hear this, like so many people want to be here for this time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny to think about, well, maybe they, maybe it's not like all just like people who've been on earth. Oh. I mean, I feel like I've had a lot of earth lifetimes, but like, maybe it's also a lot of people from other places like your 100%. fiance. <laughs> oh, fine. Fuck it. I'll say what he, he was like a logos, like a sun in his own system. He didn't have like a human body. He was like a and I don't know if he was like gaseous or something like he wasn't solid yeah and he was a twinkling way in like the Andromedan galaxy deep over there and like me and him met in previous incarnations from eons ago and he's like you've been around on earth a long time I never have maybe we'll, we'll partner up down there and I'm like I'll show you the ropes you just keep my vibration high I provide so that I can like stay grounded and stuff and he's like all right deal and here we are <laughs> does that like a, with him when he learned that yeah because when I gave him a past life he was getting really irritated because he's like I don't see nothing I see like a like a white um airport and it looked like interstellar like it didn't look like a regular airport it was all white and he's like I just see like gaseous beings beings that are made of gas and they're like different colors and they're they have consciousness but they have bodies and i want to see a goddamn body and turns out they never had bodies there's nothing for you to see but like that was his family he's like there was like eight or nine of eight or nine of them in their little car system and they all were at the airport with him before he decided to come down to like and like he got a reading from Deborah, and that's where this information came from. And he's like, oh, that makes so much sense. But during the past life regression, after he saw that, like he was tearing up and he was crying because yeah. he remembered them. Yeah. And then he blacked out for like three hours after I brought him out, blacked out for three, four hours, just could not wake up. And then he just felt like, because he's like, I don't think, but I got a lot of information out of that. I'm like, it's, if you never had a, an earth life, experience is going to be way different than people who've been here a hell of times yeah and uh the reading she gave is that yeah he was like a logos and she had to look at it she's like i didn't know what logos is but he was a logos and we looked it up and he's like his own little planetary system and he had to go through a shit ton of different portals and different systems 
to keep degrading its energy until it became more and more dense and was able to fit here on earth because yeah. if you're like a star system your energies come on it's nowhere comparable to a human being in like a a five foot body here on earth yeah on. so <laughs> you know what it you... took him a really long time to prepare to be here that this just... time what was that it took a long time for his body to decompress or his spirit to fit into this body in this time yeah like something magical about this time why is a logo system coming down to being coordinated as a human in this time because it's important yeah. i know how it sounds too well and great. then the other thing that i think is funny to think of from a higher perspective is just like when you're down here on earth you judge the experience so much whereas like if you're a higher being like you see it completely differently you're yeah. like oh i think i want to go experience all these different emotions yeah. <laughs> that's new but something that you made me think of was when I had this like realization that we're all just stardust because, um, and this brings it back to the crystals actually, because, uh, the structure of a crystal is a hexagon, right. Or for a lot of crystals. Um, and the molecular structure of carbon is a hexagon and it has like these little like star things coming off and the molecular structure of structured water is a hexagon. And it's like, if you look at the hexagon, it's like a star. And it's like, you know, when I, when I looked into like how the sun was formed, it was just gas and dust that came together, you know? So it's like, we are all just stardust. We just, yeah. we go through these portals and densify into these yes. bodies that are made of like really, really dense stardust. <laughs> yeah. It's really well. You'd be, I think you would like astro theology. Oh yeah. You'd be all, have you heard of that? No. Oh yeah. I don't even know how to get into it. It's, it's a lot to unpack. I can digest it and understand it enough myself, but not enough to be able to express it. Uh -huh. But I understand a small percentage to be able to digest for myself, but you yeah. should really look into that. I think you would dig that cool I'll check it out really like yeah I forgot his name is like Benito Sanchez or so I don't remember his name but I can, I'll send I'll find him oh I think you uh asked me about this before I'm trying to remember his name I think I know who you're talking about but I didn't think of the term I didn't think of him with the term astrotheology uh yeah. what is his name how, it's like how all the planets correlate relate with the chakras with the human body and um the body and jesus and like i i, I can't even like i'm just gonna ruin it so <laughs> just, i don't want to i don't want to mess up santos Bonacci. Like <laughs> there we i said it the other way yeah there we go. that's it right i've I watched so. a few of his what? videos and i was like oh yeah this makes sense to me because he talks about language a lot too and like the metaphors yeah. and I, I'm really yeah. into that. But um, well, do you have any? So I feel like we should wrap up soon, but I was curious, like, do you have any tips for people with crystals? Like I do. Okay. Instantly when you asked me that, something already came through. So I'm like, oh. yes. <laughs> it's 
it's all about resonance and whatever you need in the moment you're you're gonna resonate with it sometimes mm -hmm. i walk around a crystal shop and i'm picking up a bunch of stuff nothing's resonating other times i'm in the store and from the corner of my eye like across the entire room something with like a light comes out or like for people who aren't visual like that you just feel it like like my um cousin who wasn't really into any of this stuff she was just obsessed with laboratory out of nowhere and i just mailed her a piece and she said when she held it it was pulsating and she could feel it suck out the the dense negative energy from her and then when she was reading the descriptions of all the stuff that it helped with it's exactly what she needed same thing with my fiance he was obsessed with charite he's just like i need this charite i need this charite so I bought like eight or whatever slabs of them, looked it up, look at what he's going through. So, and same thing with me. I found this other cool one called like Uperlite. Never heard of it, never seen it in my, and it's not like it's like a gorgeous stone where it's like, damn, I need that. I was just like, I don't know what it is about that, but I'm that's coming home with me. And then I looked into it and I'm like, oh, sinus infections. How does this stone help with sinus infections? I don't know, but that's literally what I'm going through in the moment. So whatever resonates with you, trust it and then look into it. And then when you do meditate with it, what you're doing is you are, you are connecting to it like you would with a pet. Like if you really love your pet and I just use that as an example, because I'm really close with my cat and my pup and I connect with them. It's like on a soul level, like my heart connects with their whole, their entire being and their heart. And that's what I do with the crystals. Like mm -hmm. when I'm holding my crystals, I connect my entire being with them. Mm -hmm. And then when you do that, it has medicine and it has information and mm -hmm. it relays to you when you can, when you make that connection, it's interconnected. It can read you and help you figure out what you can work with or what, what it could help you with. It is medicine. And so I would just trust your resonance and see what, see what feels right. And then meditate with it and connect with it with your heart. Like you would with somebody that you love. Because they're like my little friends and that's how I see them because it has its own consciousness. So um, if you recognize it for what it is, give thanks for its consciousness, for its medicine, like you would with a plant or food, then it will give you that medicine. I so love a, that so much. That makes so much sense to me. And I never thought to meditate with a crystal in that way. And so I thank you. I think that's super helpful because it's really so simple. It's always but like not, we don't always think to do the simplest things. And that chair I, I, I got from you, um, I really like it. I've been like traveling with it in my pocket and mm -hmm. you know how I was talking about how I've been in this flow. Yep. I feel like that might have helped me with that because um, it's supposed to like really put you on your path and take away negative energies and stuff. So I feel like that has been really helpful. When I was in Sedona, um, I was on my Neptune line. So I was like, there's like, if you look at astrocartography, you can see where the planets run through different places for you. So I was on my Neptune line, which is very like, whoa, like all one energy, super psychic, like very spiritual energy. And we went to a crystal store and they had this hallway and there was one whole shelf of just quartz one whole nice. shelf set of just rose quartz and then another whole nice. set of amethyst those are my three my first three that i've wow sorry 
Well, I walk into this hallway and I mean, I was so sensitive in this location, like, and there were so many crystals and I was in such a, a, an enclosed kind of space. I felt them stronger than I've ever felt a crystal in my life. And I walk up, I walk up to the courts and I go, Oh, and then I walk to the rose courts and I'm like, just feel so much love. Let's just like fuzzy, warm love. And then I walk to the amethyst and I just feel like just like this high frequency, just like, and I didn't realize there was a woman behind me, like watching me. <laughs> and she goes, I wasn't being like extreme or anything, but I was, I was outwardly reacting a little bit. She goes, <laughs> they speak to you. <laughs> And I was like, they are today. I've never experienced this before, but it was like wild how I could feel the different energy. And I guess it was a a number of things that made it happen that way. Like there being so many crystals and just the, the shape of the space I was in and the planetary alignment, but just like, holy cow, it felt so good. Like I can remember the feeling right now. And I was just like, whoa there definitely is something to crystals (laughs) that's what I'm saying it's to like feel into them yeah and then that's when they give you the medicine or the not even medicine that's when they give you information or data Mm -hmm. and it's stuff for yourself but also when you start doing things on yourself you start healing it resonates out in your field and then that resonates out and out and out and more people start healing so it's it's all connected but yeah I crystals um what else I was going to say about them I don't know I don't remember oh you can ask for them to call out to you like if you don't know what you want but you're you know you need help with something you can put like that intention out there for the right one to be presented to you because Mm. they'll hear it they hear the call and then you'll be presented and you'll just you'll know Mm. and um they're very special they're like my little friends that's why I was like hard for me to have a business because I'm like I'm gonna literally have a connection to every single one of them and it's gonna be really sad and let them go but I put lots of love in them and they have a high frequency because they they're cherished they're respected they feel loved and revered and heard and so they can resonate at their full potential and um I don't know that's just how I see it nice well, thanks so much for this chat. It was really fun. Like, it's funny. I love how we went on so many tangents, but <laughs> it's all relative. Um, yeah. Well, where can people find you if they want to check out your crystals and everything? I'm on Instagram. So Atlantis Rising Crystals. And I don't, I took down my website for now. I might do an Etsy. Honestly, I'm just chilling on Instagram. That's like my go-to. Cool. But yeah, I do stuff Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe and maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember, light always wins.